You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. iHit is dealing with another lower mainland shooting that has all the hallmarks of a gang hit. One man gunned down on Hastings Street in Burnaby and Kamal Kuramali is live near where it happened. Kamal, this obviously has area residents rattled and, and wondering how something like this could happen in their neighborhood. Absolutely terrifying and a sight many residents here are not used to seeing. The integrated homicide investigation team coming and going from this local business, this hookah lounge behind me here. In fact, I hit is actually inside at this hour trying to figure out exactly what led up to this fatal attack. But the business owner told me over the phone that this attack took place outside of his business. A yellow tarp covers a body, BC's latest victim of gun violence. Police say a man was shot just after 11 p.m. outside of this hookah lounge on Hastings Street just east of Willingdon Avenue in North Burnaby. Residents of this quiet neighborhood say they heard multiple shots. We just heard quick pop, pop, pop. I uh, looked outside and uh, Within a couple of minutes, the whole street was totally shut down. Shut down while the integrated homicide investigation team was brought in. Anytime there's a shooting that happens in a public area like this, there's uh, concern for public safety. What I can say is that this seemed to be a targeted incident. Targeted, but police won't specifically say if it was a gang hit. Experts say it has all the makings of one. Brazen, one victim, multiple shots. We're at risk when these guys are shooting out in the public like that. The following morning, dried blood still cakes the sidewalk outside of the hookah lounge. Global News spoke to a man over the phone who says he's the owner of this hookah lounge. He was adamant in his claims that no violence or altercations took place inside of his establishment. Businesses on either side of the hookah lounge, both this pharmacy and this funeral home, say the establishment opened three years ago and hasn't brought them any trouble. It's actually pretty shocking. Never had something like this happen before, so it's yeah. really crazy. So I don't think any community is untouched mm -hmm. by this violence. And one gang expert says with the increasing violence, late night establishments could bring in the wrong kind of crowd. They'll attract these the gangsters, because they don't want to go to home. They don't want to go home. They don't have to go to work the next day. As of now, no further risk to the public, although with a brazen shooting in what many call a sleepy neighborhood, many are worried if any community in the lower mainland is now safe. Now, police say the victim has been identified, but IHIT is not releasing the name of the deceased right now, saying they first have to notify next of kin. Chris, Sophie. All right, thanks, Kamal. North Vancouver RCMP are canvassing a residential area after shots were fired at a vehicle early this morning near Keith Lynn Park. It happened near Cloverly Street and Brooksbank Avenue at around 520 this morning. RCMP say a witness reported seeing an older model BMW leaving the area, but have no details on a suspect or a motive. No one was injured, but police are looking for security camera footage. If you have any information, you are asked to call North Vancouver RCMP. New video has emerged of a police-involved shooting west of Karameos. You can hear the gunshots ring out as police attempted an arrest Tuesday. Officers shot two people, killing a man and seriously injuring a woman. 
Today, all that remains at the scene is the couple's bus and some of their belongings. Residents in a nearby trailer park say for nearly two years, the pair has lived in the area that is often frequented by squatters. I could hear the, uh, the communications between officers because they were only 30 feet away from me, so I could hear their radios and uh, as well as the loudspeaker from their armored truck uh, telling the suspects to drop their weapons. A lot of people worried about the, their security of having, you know, transient people. You know, I don't want to call them, you know, bad, but I mean, most of them are pretty nice when you talk to them. So it's kind of surprising that it goes to that level. So it was a little disconcerting. The Independent Investigations Office is now in charge of the investigation. Again, the man died and the woman who survived was taken to hospital with life-threatening injuries. The announcement of an unexpected school closure next Monday for the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II continues to cause problems and anxiety for parents and others. As Richard Zussman reports, the B.C. government says given the short notice from the federal government, there was nothing it could do. The Royal Scramble. Definitely a bit of a challenge, especially since the school year just started. I am very surprised how it is closed at Monday. On Monday, K-12 schools will be closed. The province forced to follow Ottawa's lead due to public sector contracts with little time to ask for an exception. The announcement coming from the federal government so quickly and very little time to react to it. Uh, we are you know, imp implementing the decision as, as best we can. The province encouraging all childcare facilities to remain open on the day of mourning for the Queen. The healthcare system will remain open with scheduled tests and surgery still a go. People are going to be paid consistent with it being uh, a holiday, consistent with collective agreements. There may be some administrative staff who are off, but otherwise the healthcare system would be working as you would expect. But there are still worries. Some family doctors scrambling to find childcare, while others are worried staff will stay home with their kids, making patient care harder. A lot of physicians on social media were already starting to have little panic attacks because everybody has full clinics. It's three to four days away, and we know that it's going to be impossible to find childcare. We are in a crisis, and we have to treat it that way. It's an emergency. You don't take a day off from firefighting. BC Ferries, BC Transit and government cannabis and liquor stores will remain open. Courthouses and ICBC will be closed on Monday. It's created a lot of confusion and uncertainty. Uh, basically, public servants and teachers are going to have the day off, but that's created a huge amount of challenge for parents. The expectation is this will be a one-time event and not an annual holiday. For places like restaurants where it is not a day off, there are worries that staff may not be able to come to work. Where we are hearing from some businesses, especially those with kids in school uh, right now, that now they're having to perhaps readjust their schedules for the day. A holiday that will also have a financial impact. A toll the province says it's too early to properly calculate. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. All right, let's bring in Keith Baldry for more on the impact of all of this. We heard in that story that ICBC will be closed mm -hmm. on Monday. What do customers need to know, Keith? 
Yeah, the people most affected are those who want to get appointed uh, uh, road tests. We've done stories on the backlog of road tests through the pandemic. It's really been an issue, and it's going to be a problem for people on Monday, so just for one day. So ICBC, again, uh, canceling all appointments for road tests on September 19th, as well as ICB, ICBC offices will be closed. But you will be able to get uh, report a claim or renew your insurance policy over the phone or online. So those, those services are still available, but the big one are the road test has just been a vexing problem for well more than two years now in this pandemic as so many tests were cancelled early on and trying to fill that backlog just gets a little more complicated as a result of Monday's cancellations. So how many road tests roughly are we talking about Keith? Yeah, about 1,400 is the daily average of road tests in B.C. Not sure when the people who are not going to be getting their appointments filled on Monday can uh, sort of reappoint them. Uh, they'll be contacted starting yesterday and today and through the weekend by phone or email from ICBC telling them that their appointment has been cancelled. Not clear whether they're going to be told when the new date is going to be to get that uh, appointment refulfilled. Again, you heard Richard talk about the clauses in public sector contracts. There's about 90 of 184 public sector contracts that had some sort of language that dictate, and it's not clear in all the cases, that uh, they were entitled to a paid holiday if Ottawa enacts a national holiday as well. So it has a big impact in BC. A vexing impact. Thanks for that, Keith. <laughs> An unlikely controversy has broken out in the Vancouver municipal election that has very little to do with civic politics. As Ramina Dea reports, a number of candidates are worried they won't be able to use the name they want on the ballot. I just thought it was really shocking and I was in total disbelief. Susie Ma is preparing for a fight she didn't see coming. She's one of 15 candidates in the upcoming Vancouver civic election who found out Tuesday night they're being taken to court Thursday by the chief election officer. The issue, whether they can include other names on the ballot in Chinese or another language. I was shocked when I read that the the reason why they're challenging this is because they did a Google search on my name and they pulled up the first page and my name didn't come out uh, with a Chinese name. The chief electoral officer is seeking clarification from a judge on the definition of the term usual name contained in the Vancouver Charter. Ten of the 15 candidates named are with the MPA, including mayoral candidate Fred Harding. I really think this is a toxic process. This is my first time campaigning and I think there's a lot of strategies being used and I think this is unfair and it's not healthy and I think it would discourage a lot of people from running. NPA candidate Cinnamon Bayani is one of several who revised their documents before the deadline to include a Chinese name once they learned it was allowed. And I've been involved in the Chinese community since I was 14 years old and I shouldn't have to defend myself to the chief electoral officer based on a Google search. The one person we asked to do an interview who refused is the chief election officer for Vancouver, Rosemary Hajiwara. She is the person who filed the court application. A spokesperson told us the matter is before the courts. Ms. Hajiwara is unavailable. The issue of usual names came up in the last election in 2018. And this is the same chief electoral officer this should have been done four years ago, in my opinion, because now it's caused undue stress on candidates. It's caused me lost time campaigning, and it cost taxpayer dollars and court resources as well. Candidates say the timing could not be worse. The election 
is four weeks away, and how names will appear on the ballot will be determined by lottery this Friday. There are so many voters that where English is not their first language. So the whole point is try to encourage engagement. This is not doing it. Romina Dea, Global News. Captured on camera the moment the Sea to Sky gondola cable failed. A security guard barely escapes disaster as sparks fly above. The new image of the suspected saboteur and why the owners have doubled the reward for information. Next on the News Hour. And so I reached out to the Vancouver School Board um, to ask them to change the name. And I got a pretty unsatisfactory response. How a former student is showing love for his old school, even though he hates the name. And a little kitten uses up one of its nine lives, where a neighbor found it, coming up as well. Right now, though, BCRCMP have released new video of the moment two years ago when an act of sabotage brought the Sea to Sky gondola crashing down, almost crushing a security guard. Someone deliberately cut the cables of the popular attraction near Squamish for a second time. Grace Key is live with more on the new video and the now half-million-dollar reward, Grace. Yeah, you know, investigators say somebody out there knows something. So they're hoping that person takes a look at this video, realizes just how close that security guard came to being seriously injured, even killed, and does the right thing. New video from the second cable cutting incident at the Sea to Sky Gondola in Squamish shows a security guard narrowly escaping serious injury. The guard is notified of a disturbance and starts patrolling underneath a tower. Suddenly, sparks fly as the cables whip against the rocks and cabins come crashing down. We feel that by putting out this photo, the video and mentioning how close that uh, person was to being killed, someone with information will come forward and we're pleading for them to do that. He was just doing his job that night. He became aware that something was happening, uh, was uh, calling in um, the situation to the RCMP at the time, and you know, suddenly a catastrophe fell on his heels. Um, so it was startling, disturbing. Um, it's been a couple of years hence, but uh, he's doing fine, but it sure was uh, uh, an almost life-altering event for him. And this is our first look at the person who cut the cables back in 2020 and likely did the same the first time in 2019. Both incidents causing more than $10 million in direct costs. Our investigators believe that the suspect is extremely fit, knows the area well, and had specific knowledge about what tools to use in order to cut the cables in such a way that it would cause catastrophic damage to the gondola while protecting the suspect themselves from harm. Investigators have combed through more than a hundred tips and spoken with or eliminated more than 70 persons of interest. No motive has been released and no suspects identified. The company is doubling its reward from $250,000 to half a million for information leading to an arrest and conviction. So RCMP are recommending charges of mischief endangering life. Now, if you have any information, you're asked to call the BC RCMP major crime tip line. That number, 877-543-4822 or 778-290-5291. Let's hope the right tip comes in. Thanks very much, Grace. That's Grace Key in Squamish. 
A special team that patrols downtown Kelowna to deal with crime, cleanliness and homelessness says it's stretched to the limit the, these days. The downtown on-call team assists Kelowna businesses with loitering, aggressive panhandlers, loss prevention and general safety. They say calls from businesses are way up while staffing is down because of recruitment issues. And they're finding it more and more difficult to keep up. We're busier because we're doing the same number of calls uh, per week with fewer people as we were last year with more. So if we're doing, uh, you know, uh, 50 calls in a day with just four people and we were doing 50 calls with six last year. For the downtown, we just had our window smashed. So having people walk, walk around checking in on the stores, checking in on the homeless people, um, checking in on stores and stuff that are downtown, it's hugely important to have them. Wish there was more of them. The team's leaders say they are working with the city on funding. Meanwhile, a number of members are working overlapping shifts and overtime. Richmond RCMP are hoping for some help identifying the suspect in an attempted robbery. Take a look. It happened on June 1st at a business in the 5900 block of number three road. A woman was sitting inside when the man pictured here allegedly tried to pull her purse off of her arm. She was dragged across a table and struck a chair, suffering a serious injury. The suspect fled, but is described as five foot ten with black hair and was last seen in a black mask, a zip up hoodie and shorts. Just ahead, choosing a credit card wisely with so many options out there, how to reward yourself with the one that pays you back. New Westminster police are asking for help to find the suspect in another unprovoked assault. And they've released three photos. Take a look. A woman told police this man approached her at about noon on Monday near the 700 block of 22nd Street. She says the man made sexualized comments before assaulting her, knocking her to the ground and kicking her. She says he then threatened her with what she thought was a knife. Luckily, he has or she has only minor injuries. The suspect described as 30 years old, 5 feet 7 inches tall with a medium build and short black hair. He spoke with an accent and was wearing a blue t-shirt and gray pants. Anyone with any information should call New West Police or Crime Stoppers. Well, the city of Victoria is partially funding a new program designed to combat sexual harassment in an industry some say is a hotbed for abuse. As Kylie Stanton reports, the program focuses on the hospitality sector. I always wanted to be a chef, like that was kind of my career choice. There's a story for nearly every establishment Hallie Shedden has worked at. I have had my nudes be shown to um, like staff from somebody. Um, I was at a staff party, I got really drunk and woke up in a coworker's house. I didn't know where I was. Since moving to Victoria in 2015, she's seen it all and then some. That is, until she took this job. We've tried to, to make it so that we believe people and we listen to people and give them a compassionate ear. Now, Shedden has a new tool on her side, a training program aimed at responding to and preventing sexualized workplace harassment and violence in Victoria's hospitality industry. And we call it TIPS. So it's training on prevention and safety. We are trying to change culture. Back in January of last year, stories of sexual assault in Victoria's restaurant and bar scene began surfacing on social media. 
with more than a dozen women coming forward, bravely sharing their experiences. In favor. This sparked Victoria's mayor and council to act on a motion it had previously passed, aimed at addressing the issue, providing a one-time grant of $50,000 in funding to help develop the program. Training and education are key to prevention and to helping to build safe workplaces. And so I am hopeful um, that many people will take this training and it'll make a difference. According to Statistics Canada, police reported sexual assaults in Greater Victoria climbed by nearly 50% between 2020 and 2021 and have more than tripled in the past 10 years. The hope is this program will help to curb the trend, but for now it's a pilot project and not yet mandatory. I think it definitely should be um, expanded across the province, uh, if not across the country. Go! As for Shedden, she plans on being one of the first. And I really hope that businesses use this to their advantage and really provide the education that we, we all need. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria. All right, having the right credit card can pay off, especially if the perks and incentives offered eclipse the annual fee. Consumer Matters reporter Andrea is here with what to look for when choosing a rewards credit card and how that decision depends on your goals. And Thanks, Sophie. People who love to travel might want to consider a travel rewards credit card in order to save money on future trips. But if you're looking for straight cash, some cards will put money back in your pocket with every single purchase. With cash back, you'll want to look for credit cards offering a high earn rate on items you spend the most on, like groceries, gas, and even drugstore purchases. The money you earn can be saved and redeemed later. Some cash back cards also come with extra benefits like mobile device insurance or extended warranty. And avid travelers should choose a rewards card that earns the best points towards travel. Additional perks, including travel insurance, airport lounge access, and zero exchange fees are available with the right credit card. Whereas if you use multiple airlines, you want a travel credit card that earns you points that you can use on any airline or even hotels. You know, the annual fee will always be there for a lot of credit cards. So you need to do the math. If you're getting more points or benefits out of the card that costs more than the annual fee, obviously it's worth it. But if you're only using, using the credit cards casually or the benefits don't really come in too handy for you, then it's probably worth switching to a no-fee credit card instead. Now, if you do a lot of online shopping from retailers which charge you in non-Canadian currency, some finance experts suggest considering a no foreign exchange fee credit card where you can save 2.5% on every purchase you make in U.S. or foreign dollars. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it certainly does add up. If you pay off your credit card bills on time to avoid the high interest charges, having more than one credit card on the same account may be beneficial. Both authorized users might be able to make purchases and your points or cash back can be pooled, which translates into more rewards much quicker. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can email me at consumermatters at globalnews.ca. All right. Thanks, Anne. Now we just need somebody to pay the credit card bills for Wouldn't us. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> <laughs> just ahead on the news hour, filing in to say farewell. Why did you want to come out and see the queen? Because I love her. The massive lineup to see Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth lying in state. And what the courts say about all those lawsuits from people who wouldn't get the COVID vaccine. From the stories we need to know to a look at what's happening right now around us, 
When BC needs to connect, BC turns to the source that brings us together. Global News. Connect. Four and a half days of lying in state for Queen Elizabeth has now begun in London. The Queen's casket left Buckingham Palace earlier today for the slow procession to Westminster Hall. And thousands of people lined the route for that event. Hundreds of thousands are expected to file past the Queen's coffin between now and Monday morning. Redmond Shannon reports from London. A queen leaving her palace for the last time. Senior royals led by King Charles following Queen Elizabeth's coffin to Westminster Hall. An event like this not seen for 70 years. The coffin draped in the royal standard with the imperial state crown sitting on top. Thousands of committed royal watchers along the route to see the late queen and the new king, but also the rare sight of princes William and Harry side by side. A scene so reminiscent of their mother's funeral a quarter century ago. At the cavernous Westminster Hall, Grenadier Guards slowly placing the coffin on the catafalque to lie in state. A short service before the public viewing. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Many had been lining up for more than a day. The kimono jacket represents sleep, which the Majesty gives us sleep. Stephen Holgate was one of the first in line. Whichever emotion overwhelms me will be it. I should imagine it's the tears. <laughs> At 5pm, the doors opened. Holgate's hunch was right. Like so many of the committed royal superfans at the top of the line, the tears flowed. Over the next four days, hundreds of thousands of people are expected to file through Westminster Hall here. The line currently stretches back around four kilometres down the River Thames. Once the lying in state ends on Monday morning, the funeral begins at 11 a.m. local time. That's 6 Eastern. Redmond Shannon, Global News, London. In health matters tonight, a new study says the overall rate of COVID-19 infections has risen from 15 to about 60% since last October. The study, co-authored by BC's Chief Medical Health Officer, Bonnie Henry, says up to 80% of children and youth under the age of 19 have already had COVID. Adults aged 20 to 59 saw an infection rate of 60 to 70%, with those 60 and older sitting at about 40%. The authors say the rise in infections was due to waves of new variants and that the levels of infection combined with vaccination have led to, quote, more sturdy hybrid immunity. A swift dismissal of four court cases that challenged the province's health orders during the pandemic. The cases argued the vaccine mandates were unconstitutional. But as Global Zamadagahi reports, the chief judge of the B.C. Supreme Court upheld the orders from Dr. Bonnie Henry. During the most challenging moments in BC's COVID-19 pandemic journey, the overwhelming majority of British Columbians trusted advice from the provincial health officer and respectfully followed public health advice. But there were also those who marched the streets in opposition, at times peaceful, but also on many occasions combative. Tell the truth, you you're a filthy human being. Don't You're disgusting. Among the many claims made by some at the height of the anti-mandate demonstrations, 
was the thought that the consequences of a decision not to get vaccinated was a violation of a person's human rights and the Canadian Charter. What can you tell people who are showing a midfinger to chapter of rights? Claims that now, many months later, have reached the highest court in the province, only to be dismissed. The courts are taking and are finding that COVID is real and it's very serious. And there's a very clear instruction from the court that vaccines help the general public. This week, a B.C. Supreme Court Chief Justice found four consecutive challenges alleging COVID health orders in B.C. violated human rights to be unsubstantiated. In his ruling, Chief Justice Christopher Hinkson found Dr. Henry to have used scientific evidence when putting in her orders, adding the provincial health officer was guided by the principles applicable to public health decision-making. In many cases, the judge declining to even consider charter violation allegations in response to arguments that were premature and often made with no grounds. Collective good is beating out the individual decision not to be vaccinated. That's what's quite clear from all four of these decisions. Decisions that will now serve as precedent, rebuting more incomplete arguments. We have rights. In the future. Imad Agahi, Global News. Coming up, a former student proud of his school despite its name. Why Gladstone Secondary is so controversial and what Tim Chu is doing to right a historic wrong. And in sports, last gasp for the Whitecaps, why this homestand really is do or die. Well, are you feeling it? Are you feeling it in the in the head, in the brain? I feel like something is happening in the weather, Christy. There's a shift. That is affecting <laughs> my head a little bit. It's like your arthritis. My <laughs> yeah, it's flaring up, man. I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> I used to, for those of you at home, I used to always say that to Chris and Sophia. I could feel the changes in the weather because of my <laughs> Is that how you do your forecast? That's too much information. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's very, very scientific. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so definitely a change is coming. It's not until later tomorrow. Uh, so we are still going to con be contending with hazy conditions through a good part of tomorrow. And you can certainly see that behind me here as well. Seems to be a little bit thicker through the morning hours, but officially as of four today, uh, Metro Vancouver has now uh, had the air quality advisory end for our region. And that includes the west parts of Fraser Valley as well, as well as the southern parts of Vancouver Island. So it's really just in place from Nanaimo north along that east coast, the Sunshine Coast, and then right through the interior interior regions also and certainly that BC Peace River area extending down into Prince George because the Hudson Hope Hudson's Hope uh, fire is incredibly smoky and through that region. So here's what we're looking at. Tomorrow we are going to see the smoke sort of come and go, but by evening hours tomorrow, I'm going to expect a drastic improvement. It's certainly across Vancouver Island, parts of the northern uh, Sunshine Coast, and also Metro Vancouver, but particularly Friday morning. Look at the big retreat of smoke that we're expecting, and I'm expecting a bit of improvement, a bit of improvement in through the BC Peace River area also. Now we have an, a number of thunderstorms right now in through the 
the interior, but it comes with a lot of rain, which is great. Far less lightning strikes and rain. So this is some good news for that forest fire danger rating, and that's going to shift out overnight. We have cloud cover in the forecast for our region with that smoke, maybe a sprinkle in the morning, but sunshine tomorrow afternoon. Similar pattern to what we've seen over the last little while. But again, it's Friday morning that the front will shift through, and that's when it will all clear out. But I am expecting a bit of improvement in terms of that smoke by late tomorrow as things start to shift just ahead of that front. So there's that risk of thunderstorms for our region. For Metro Vancouver and the South Coast, we will see some cloud cover tomorrow morning, but plenty of sunshine. And we'll watch to see hopefully that smoke clear as we head into the evening hours. But definitely by Friday, I'm expecting a drastic improvement as the showers push in across the area and that cold front shifts across. Not to worry, though, we're back to mostly dry conditions and it will be in a little bit clearer over the weekend. So not bad conditions over the weekend. All right, tonight's central windows weather window coming to you from Vancouver. Yes, this is the planetarium. Mange, uh Capturing this shot, it looks like a rocket ship or, you know, a UFO, but it's not cool. The red moon just perfectly uh, situated in the top of the planetarium like that. He got the right angle for that shot. Perfect timing. Yeah. All right. Thanks very much, Christy. That's awesome. All right. A feisty kitten might be down a life after being trapped under a pile of debris for days in Surrey. The orange tabby, who is now appropriately nicknamed Rubble, was trapped under a large piece of cement and rock for the last two days. He was flea infested, underweight and very hungry and thirsty. There was no sign of his mother or any siblings, so he was brought to the Abbotsford SPCA. Look at his little face. Aww. And he's now being cared for in a foster home. He will be available for adoption in the coming weeks. Look at the sweet face. <laughs> Look at him. I'm looking. Aww. I can't take my eyes off him. I know. Let's just keep him on screen for the rest of the show. Squire, you can talk. That's okay. No, uh, he is. Rubble. He's much better looking than I am. That's for sure. How about calling him Barney Rubble? <laughs> oh, that, look at look at how quickly Justin brought the box up. There. No, you don't. You don't Get need me. Both on you there. don't need me. Go back to the kitten. Just pretend that the kitten's doing the talking. <laughs> so the kitten and I are going to be talking about the Whitecaps. They play tonight, and of course their seasons. Oh, now the kitten's gone. <laughs> Sorry, folks. It's just me now. Uh, we'll talk about the Whitecaps or season. Kind of going down the drain here. Mm -hmm. uh, Tyler Mott has a new team. And, oh, I'll show you a great goal today from Champions League as well. All right. Thanks, Squire. Look forward to that. Also coming up, a former student of Gladstone Secondary inspired to act by the controversy over the school's name. We have not the cute kitten, but Squire, not bad. Not Again, bad. my apologies. I mean, you can put the cute kitten up if you want. I won't be, there you go. Oh, nice. I won't be offended. <laughs> uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps, who are not looking as good as the kitten, are home to the LA Galaxy tonight, starting in about 15 minutes. And while mathematically Vancouver is still in the MLS playoff race, realistically, they're not. They would have to win out and hope for carnage all around them from the other teams. It would be nice if it happened, but it's not likely the Whitecaps are going to emerge walking out from the smoke and rubble. There's rubble again, like one of the Avengers. The uh, Caps will get Ryan Gall back in the lineup tonight. Thomas Assault is expected to be the starting keeper. Whitecaps have four to go on a season that started with so much promise 
after how they finished last year. Barring something like a miracle finish, it looks like winning the Canadian Championship will be the highlight of the Whitecaps season this year. Because in the regular campaign, Vanny's side has rolled over one too many times. Dahomey's back to help at the edge of the box. There's Montero, left foot, 2-0 San Jose. Like most teams, the Whitecaps have not been great on the road, but what's really hurt them is their recent disasters at BC Place. If they could have avoided those, they'd be in a much better spot right now. Yeah, I mean, it always should help being at home with our record. We're not too happy with our home record that we've got um, this year. You know, lately we've had some really bad results there, so three games now, it gives us a chance to turn things around. At first glance, it would seem the inability to keep balls out of their own net has been Vancouver's undoing this season. But the Caps are also the lowest scoring team in the West and almost the lowest scoring team in the entire league. We need to hold on to the ball more, I think. Um, try and tire, tire teams out and then hopefully create openings. And even though the Whitecaps' playoff chances are similar to winning the Lotto Max, they aren't thinking about using these final few games to try some younger players out. Until we have the chance to go to the playoff, we have the moral obligation to try to, to get into the playoff. And even when the playoff, uh, if the playoff will be not reachable, we have the moral obligation to try to win uh, games in front of our fans especially and also to the other team. We have to try to play the best team possible. You have to wonder too how the collapse for the Whitecaps in the regular season is going to affect Vanny Sartini's employment going forward. As popular as he was after last season, the shine has come off of him this year and management, while they haven't said anything publicly, will reassess whether he is the right coach to use going forward into next season. I mean, I like Vanny. A lot of people like Vanny, but the way things have gone this year might be tough for him to survive until 2023. Former Canuck Tyler Mond has signed a one-year deal with the Ottawa Centers. It'll pay him about $1.35 million, which is slightly more than he made last year when he started in Vancouver, but was then traded to the Rangers. He wasn't as productive in New York as he was with the Canucks. Got a couple of playoff goals for them, but they weren't impressed and they didn't re-sign him. The Sands will be Tyler Mott's fifth NHL team in seven seasons. Vladdy's dancing. He's a DH tonight. He's got moves. He's got swing. It don't mean a thing if he ain't got that swing. And that's the 100th home run of his young career. One more look, different angle. He puts this one in the Blue Jays' dugout. So he can score runs that way. And he can also run some out. Look at this. This is going to score a run as well. And they're not going to get Vladdy at first. Safe. That makes it 2-0. Blue Jays over Tampa Bay. And Rymel Tapia is going to score Danny Jansen. The Blue Jays have won. Game just ended. 5-1 the final. Erling Haaland's been ripping it up for Man City so far this year. He's playing his old team from Dortmund, Champions League action. Jude Bellingham with a little header right there to give Dortmund a 1-0 lead. Then John Stones, great shot here. It is a great shot, not great goalkeeping, but this is the best of all. Haaland will score against his old team, and look how he does it. Oh, he learned that from going to Cobra Kai. That's brilliant. 2-1 the final for Manchester City over Dortmund. There you go.
He has no limits. Thank you, Square. Up next, a Vancouver man pushing for change at his high school years after he graduated. Attention consumers having issues with scammers, price gougers, corner cutters, con artists, or big business bullies. Help is here. Andrewa investigates consumer matters on Global News. Jordan Armstrong is here with a preview of what's coming up on Global News at 11 tonight. Jordan. And Chris, BC Indigenous leaders are speaking out tonight about funding and service changes when it comes to supporting children and youth with disabilities. They say Indigenous kids are being left out. Plus the shortage of doctors for animals. Not helping matters is that veterinarians have to go to Saskatchewan for their education. Tonight, the push to open a new vet school in this province. These stories and more on Global News at 11. Chris. All right, thanks very much, Jordan. A former student of Gladstone Secondary might have failed in his attempt to have the name of the school changed, but he's still making an impact in the fight against racism. Gladstone is named after a former Prime Minister of Britain whose family owned slaves. And Krista Dow spoke to the young man who found a different way to protest by honoring those who faced discrimination. It's been more than a decade since Tim Chu graduated from this East Vancouver High School. And save for some foliage and fresh paint, not much has really changed. For Chu, that's exactly the problem. This school has been here for over 70 years, and it's been named after somebody whose family owned slaves. He's referring to the school's namesake, William Gladstone, a former UK Prime Minister in the late 1800s, whose family owned slaves in the Caribbean, according to British media. In 2020, the University of Liverpool agreed to scrub Gladstone's name off a building. Around that same time, Chu wrote to school board trustees asking them to do the same. Their answer, he says, unsatisfactory. They told me things like, you know, we're working on a process, we're working on a policy. Years have dragged on. They're hiding behind things like policies and processes. The VSB says school names can be changed if it's part of a seismic upgrade program. If the community brings forward a formal request, which they say hasn't been done, or if the board passes a motion. Those who support a name change say it's about time. Well, in the 21st century, I think, Having institutions that are named after people associated with slavery uh, is simply inconsistent with the values that we hold today and, and frankly it's repugnant to many people. It's about slavery and I think we should leave that in the past. Frustrated, Chu created a scholarship in honor of Wayson Choi, a graduate of the school and considered a pioneer of Asian Canadian literature in the 1900s, a man he says should be recognized. I thought it was important to celebrate good people who is reflective of the students who go to this school. This is a teachable moment um, of a dark chapter in our country's history. The need to act is now. Krista Dow, Global News. Way to go, Tim. Mm -hmm. Okay, I should have done it. Okay, let me just turn it off. What was it, though? It's like yeah, someone text it's, a, it's a WhatsApp message. Oh, no, just got a calendar. Janie, if you're watching your calendar. Uh, oh, blame things the are going, wife. Blame. They're going right into my phone. I was going to say, don't <laughs> your friends know what you do for a living? <laughs> That's probably from Jane. They, pro they probably would expect my phone to be off at this yeah. time, I'm pretty sure. Sorry, I didn't mean oh, well. to throw you under the bus there. By the way, I also got a message from, from the crew at uh, Fire Hall 18 in Vancouver. Thanks for watching. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Christy, what's going on? Okay.
<laughs> uh, so we're expecting dry conditions. We may see a sprinkle tomorrow morning with some cloud cover, and it will. The smoke will still come and go. But I am expecting a bit of improvement by tomorrow evening, but particularly Friday morning, you'll see a drastic improvement, and you'll also see that rain. Big changes on the way. We should have a whole segment. Chris reads his messages. <laughs> oh no, we that. shouldn't. I'd watch that. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> that was oh a good Rubble. Way to Barney end. Rubble's back. Oh. Thanks for watching, everybody. Good night, all.